your brain. Uh, you talking about me, Blue Falcon? Good. He's careless. Careless. A little too careless. Dynamite. He's a go-go dog person. That's me, dog. <laughs> Welcome to Kids and Their Dog, a Scooby-Doo movie review and recap podcast. I'm your Hanna-Barbera talking animal, Cassidy, and my pronouns are she and they. I'm Lava. They, them. I'm Crash. My pronouns are they, them. Yeah, Crash is here. Yay! It's my anniversary episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we're here to talk about our anniversary stuff. Um, I checked the news. There's no news. Uh, which oh, is a shame. There is one piece of news uh, that I should talk about, which is that Hanna-Barbera exists again. Yeah. Oh, by which I mean they're renaming the uh, the Cartoon Network Europe studio into Hanna-Barbera Europe. Mm. Uh, and that studio is basically, uh, this, that's the studio that did uh, Gumball. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, amazing world of. Yeah, the, the I feel like the people who did Gumball have like a pretty good head on their shoulders. So I'm excited to see what comes out of them mm-hmm. in the new uh, the new studio. They're currently working on the uh, sci-fi comedy series Elliot from Earth, and the short adventure series The Heroic Quest of v- the Valiant Prince Ivando, which I believe is like a parody of an old like book. Huh. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Uh, and they're also doing the the Amazing World of Gumball movie. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, I, I'm excited that the the brand is out there as a name again. I don't know, like it's such a strange decision to have made, other than the fact that they like own that name and they should probably put it on something. Right. But like changing um, Cartoon Network Studios Europe to being Hanna Barbera Studios Europe is is a very weird decision, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Just not a bad one. Uh, that's pretty much it, news-wise. Mm-hmm. So let me pull up our questions. Yeah, we got a number of questions. This, we got a number time. of questions. Our questions include this question from Crest at Fantasy Crest on Twitter. What alternate color schemes would you come up with for the Mystery Machine? Hmm. I would, um, if you, like, swap the the green and the, the light blue... Or, yeah, so make all of the green stuff light blue, and then all of the stuff that's currently light blue a dark blue, and then, like, darken the orange a little bit. I think that could be interesting. Yeah. Or maybe mm-hmm. introduce, like, a white accent instead. There are, like, the only thing that has to stay is it has to be very 70s. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is I feel like the current palette is very, very 70s, and my brain, I was thinking purple yellow orange i feel like that can be like a very like disco retro kind of color palette mm-hmm. but even like purple yellow green could be like yeah i'm looking at like a uh this is like a scooby-doo color palette which is just like here's like the primary car- colors from the characters and stuff like that uh uh-huh. and you know like we have a very strong purple in there very strong orange <laughs> that's the scooby-doo pride flag <laughs> I mean, you could probably do something fun with, like, a, a deep red oranges and, like, a brown or a gold. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Lots of options. Yeah. 
Yeah, just keep it in the, I feel like, the 70s, like, wheelhouse and you're good. Yeah. What if we replace all of the light green parts with wood paneling? Yeah! Interesting. <laughs> That's that, the entirety of that thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Next up, we have a question from Christina Woods at Seawoods Art on Twitter. Has Shaggy made any food that you'd be willing to eat? Would you eat a snoo- eat a Scooby snack? Uh, yeah, I, I have uh, canonically eaten uh, a eggplant burger. Yeah, I was gonna say the eggplant burger from the first live action movie. Like, actually, sounds good to me. Mm. Even like I, I feel like I would try it with the condiment choices, but even like without that, I feel like eggplant burger could be really fun. I yeah. did not try it with the chocolate sauce, but I did try it with hot sauce. Mm. <laughs> but also and... i have eaten horrible food things so i would eat yes i'd probably try a lot of these horrible food things yeah <laughs> uh, i would try it i uh, it depends on like the texture of certain foods but i would try mm. it like i know certain food textures are a hard no for me but other mm. than those yeah sure i'll try it uh I would also try a Scooby snack yes. just for let the record show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have a, a con- uh, like an official recipe of Scooby snack, and it is basically just like a, a snickerdoodle. I yeah. will admit, I was at the store this morning, and I looked. At, it was in the snack aisle, and I looked down. And I was like, "Hmm, should I buy that box of Scooby snacks that are basically graham crackers?" Yeah, they're just graham crackers. They're, they're just, just graham crackers. Uh, <laughs> but it would have been very funny. <laughs> for the anniversary to have a box of Scooby snacks, it would have been it would have been a pretty good thing to have done. Yeah, Very but I decided funny. against it for the uh, I think fourth time. Every time I pass <laughs> that box of Scooby snacks, I'm like, should I? Nah, <laughs> I don't really like graham crackers that much. They're like fine enough for graham crackers. Yeah. Um. Next question we have from former guest of the show, Jake at JJ underscore Mason. Have you thought of any Scooby-Doo villain plots? Not like ones you'd perpetrate, but ones you'd like to see. Hmm. Hmm. I feel like I have, but I can't uh, remember any of them. Yeah, that's a hard one, because I feel like a lot of the ones that I would think of probably have been done before. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's such a vast thing. Yeah, between like all of the movies, all of the runs of the show, and all the different eras of the show, like... Not saying that they can't like come up with something like fun and interesting, but like I feel like I probably couldn't come up yeah. with anything new. Yeah, <laughs> and it's such an intricate kind of thing to try to figure out. Oh gosh, like okay, here's one that's like a very very current, but like what if they they do a Scooby Doo movie where the villain is like a VTuber or something like that? <laughs> Huh. Trying to like visualize how I don't that know would how that would work. work. I don't or know like that or like something about like streaming or like streamers or Twitch. There's definitely it would be like an influencer that people would like point fingers at, but they wouldn't have ended up doing it or something. Mm-hmm. They would have yeah. been a red herring type. Yeah. Yeah, it's like literally only a matter of time t- before we get something like that. Or at least a reference of something like that. I feel mm. like a lot. I want to say, because I'm hopeful that they wouldn't, 
is that they would avoid super specific cultural things. <laughs> like, obviously, there's certain things that are just part of life now. Yeah. But yeah. there's some things that are just so specific to a very certain point of time that it's like, nah, if you did that and then you aired it 20 years later, it would be so dated. Yeah. <laughs> like, certain like, things are already dated, but... Mm -hmm. Listen, there's a line you have to draw somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't, like, narrowed down, like, an entire plot, but I know at one point when I was thinking about uh, what a Kids in Their Dice interstitial campaign would be, <laughs> uh, I did want to have a, like, MacGuffin uh, that you had to collect pieces of that is the Ruby Spear. Mm. Um, <laughs> because because of Ruby Spears, the company. <laughs> the the <laughs> Hanna-Barbera offshoot company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like that, you know, that would probably, you could probably put that into a movie along the lines of Scoob. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they also like sort of did that with the, uh, there's, I think it's called like the Jade Spear or something in, uh, in Mystery Incorporated, which is a really missed opportunity considering like the entirety of Mystery Incorporated, especially that last season is like, there's a lot of uh, Hanna-Barbera stuff that goes on in there. The fact that they didn't just call it the Ruby Spear. Big, mm. big missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. And our last batch of questions here come to, fr come to us from Charlie at Magical underscore Pride. Top three favorite reveals of villains. I could not remember most of them. I The one thing that popped into my head. And this was a key thing about this movie that we hype, highly praised it for was Velma. Yeah, that was the one I was going to say is in the yeah. in Where's My Mummy, Velma yeah. being the villain. Yeah, because that mm. was just like I, I, never been done before, as far as we as far as we know. I think Te technically it had been done like three times before or something like that, but like or it came up in something. This else. time the monsters are real, basically. Yeah, it, it was like something. But like it, it was our, definitely like our first uh, time witnessing it on this show that we're doing. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it was like probably the most well done if we've seen it since, because I don't remember yeah. any other time it would have happened since. I don't think it has. But I can't think of two other examples. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. It's weird that I'm suddenly remembering all these. The. The the I can't remember which one it was. I wanted to say stage fright, but it might have been Big Top, where every single villain, every single suspect was the villain. Like there were no red herrings. I think you're thinking of stage fright, the one with the Phantom of the Opera guy. Yes, where everyone was the Phantom of the Opera guy. There was like three different Phantoms of the Opera. Yeah. <laughs> that was but pretty wasn't, good. Wasn't there a train chase? That is in Big Top, and there was only two villains in that one. And the really? rest were all trained monkeys. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Man, everything just kind of blends together. Uh-huh. Especially those two. They were, like, right after each other. Yeah. Mm. Um, I guess, like, as much as I hate the character assassination of one Scrappy-Doo... Uh, the Emil Mondavarius <laughs> Mr. Bean robot is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, gosh. Because 
Man. That came out of left field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, to its detriment, there really isn't a whole lot of, like, built-up for that. It's just, like, is like, a very crazy reveal. Yeah. The build-up is that they had to mention uh, Scrappy-Doo earlier in the movie, but also, like... There's also know. a point where the uh, Mr. Bean character does uh, scratch briefly at his neck like a dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's just, like, you could just chalk that up to being, you know... Mr. Uh, Bean. Mr. Bean, mm. yeah. Uh, uh, next question is how does it feel to get to this point wild does feel wild um i do want to point out because like this is like this is only like semi-related to the question but this feels like as good a question as any to bring it up just the like i went back and listened to Mm -hmm. uh, our first episode zero and then our first episode um (laughs) And hey, by the first episode, our very first episode uh, also features the Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt. Yeah, mm. that's Which kind of interesting. Very fun and coincidental. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also, like, I was surprised at how uh, much like things haven't necessarily changed since then. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we've gotten you know, like, we've grown as people, obviously, and that stuff has changed. But like. I didn't go back, listen to this, and start cringing or anything like that. I mm. I went back, I listened to it, and it was like, why do I sound like a child? <laughs> and then <laughs> that was pretty much it. Also, hey, our first episode was under an hour long. Wild. Couldn't, couldn't be us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I was surprised uh, at, at just how well that worked. Uh, just going back. Um listening to our answers to our questions back then uh (laughs) your answer being like i used to just really like cheese pizza yeah and i recently started uh doing spinach and cheese Mm -hmm. which is hysterical because you you started talking about it to me um yesterday i guess and i was like listening to and i'm like oh hey i'm literally eating ate cheese and spinach pizza at this moment i was listening to it while eating pizza oh my god uh my favorite pizza has changed since then my favorite pizza now is usually gonna be like a, a pepperoni pineapple jalapeno ah mm. but yeah also our, our first episode charlie did send us a question that was fun Aww. yay all right uh next up any bonus episodes or things you wanted to do but just haven't yet you have no idea. No idea. Uh, Let me just uh, look at the document here. Okay, so ideas, 40, count. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't even looking at that. I was looking at the ones where I just specifically said bonus episodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Like, back when we did uh, the Kiss movie, I was like, well, what if we did the, the, the Kiss movie? The Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. Yeah, that's on the list. Yeah. Um... Or like the the scrapped idea I had for this interstitial uh, kids and their dice, the original kids and their dice, which I still haven't edited much of, which I need to do, um, and stuff like that. Uh, I I like to think about bonus episodes constantly, um, which is a big difference between this and something like say Precure Podcast Engage, in which uh, if we decide like, hey, what if we just recorded this week but didn't talk about an episode and just talked about the uh 
the Sunday funny comic, Kathy. <laughs> what if we just talked about Kathy for a bit? <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I I enjoy when we like talk about movies or stuff like that. Uh, stuff that went up on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I, I'm looking forward to maybe doing that again when there's another big movie that we should watch. Yeah. Or something. Uh, there just hasn't been one of those in a bit. Mm. I honestly do uh, miss doing bonus episodes because one of my favorite things <laughs> is Cassidy reading out the ranking list and then just saying, Sonic the Hedgehog 2020. Detective, Detective Pikachu. Pikachu. <laughs> like, what? Why is that on a scooby list? Because it's so funny. Yeah. Venom also would have made it on that list eventually if we had done that. Yeah. Venom counts. <laughs> but yeah, the, those are just some of our thoughts about bonus episodes. And like the, I, at the beginning, I was like, well, maybe if we do bonus episodes, we could maybe do something about uh, like some of the TV series. I almost do still kind of want to talk about 13 Ghosts before we get to the 13 Ghosts movie. Yeah. Or something like that. But, you know, we are we are on a deadline for that now. Mm. Yeah. Jeez. But yeah, that's really it for bonus uh, stuff. Uh, next question from Charlie. Do you know how cool and awesome you two are? Thanks for... For three years. I'm guessing is what that's supposed to say. It says, yes. thanks, Scott, three years. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It's been fun. It's been great. I We are... Uh, I know there's, like, actually a surprisingly large number of Scooby-Doo podcasts, which is something that, like, baffles my mind, considering, uh, like, how my Precure podcast is basically the only Precure podcast in existence. <laughs> Um, so we can't, I can't necessarily say that we are the premier Scooby-Doo podcast, but we're the correct one. Yeah. Mm. I'll say that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and last question from Charlie is one more question. If one of your friends chose to get stuck in hell to save everyone else, who do you think it would be? There's a plane overhead. Hmm, which one of my friends would decide to go to hell to save everyone else? I don't know. I also don't know, because I feel like I'm that person. Yeah, <laughs> I was, was going to say, I'm, I feel like... Yeah, that might be it. I feel like I'm I'm that friend in the circle of friends. Yeah. <laughs> Look around the room. If you don't see anyone who wants to go to hell, then I've got it's some news for you. you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh. Uh. <laughs> all right that's it for our questions uh i have some trivia about this film uh this film being scoob by the way we're, we're talking about scoob the movie that came out last year um which released on may 15th 2020 uh let's hear some trivia there's a lot of trivia for this movie on imdb a lot of it's not necessarily good or interesting um <laughs> But, you know, it has a lot of it because it's, you know, it was a major release as opposed to the rest of the movies we watch. Uh, Number one piece of trivia that I wrote down. This is Simon Cowell's second animated film after Shrek 2. (laughs) Hmm. Why? 
Why? Second piece of trivia, according to IMDb, IMDb Scrappy-Doo does not appear in this feature. Oh, IMDb, come Spoilers. on. Come on. Next piece of trivia. Zac Efron's second animated film after the Lorax. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> okay, uh, that's it from the for the IMDb stuff. I um, forgot he was in the Lorax. Yeah, he he wasn't even the Onceler. My brain was like, oh, Zac Efron was in the Lorax. Yeah. He was probably the Onceler, right? No, he no. was not. A real waste. They should have made him the Onceler. Mm. God, could you even have imagined? I could. That's what I thought it was. No, no, uh, I have a specific reason why I reacted that way. And it's not something to get into. Oh, it's Tumblr. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, yeah. <laughs> um, the rest of this is stuff that I, I did, I did some research on. I found, like, some, uh, some places where they've posted production and concept art, uh, which shows off stuff like, uh, a different villain at some point being the Great Gazoo. Ooh. I don't know if y'all know about the Great Gazoo. I do not. The little green alien from Flintstones. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. One, I, I think he's the one who sends them to the future. To meet yes. the Jetsons. The distant yes. world of 2002. Oh, God. Uh, it's also like showed uh, the inclusion of Grape Ape, Adam Ant, Penelope Pitstop and Jabberjaw, as well as a picture. There's like one picture that they had drawn, uh, just showing all of the wacky racers, like they're all driving in a line. Hmm. Uh, it's a really good pic, uh, like co- piece of concept art. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also uh, an interview on a podcast uh, that interviewed one of the editors for the movie, uh, Ryan Folsey. Who mentioned that uh, Jabberjaw was originally included in the script, and they they had done a decent amount of development, including like discussing musical numbers and having that be a major part of the character, uh, making making Jabberjaw a girl, and possibly getting Lizzo to do the voice. Although I think the Lizzo thing could have just been a name drop of just like, well, here's a, a famous musician I can drop the name of, mm-hmm. but who, who knows how serious that part was. But there's a lot of Jabberjaw in the uh, in the concept art, and also apparently multiple pe- multiple people that worked on the movie were like, I- actually, I preferred Jabberjaw. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> That's very funny to me. That's hysterical. <laughs> um, also, I, I learned because I was like, well, what are the chances of of us getting another Scoob movie or something like that? Because this movie, I, I think it was pretty good. Um, did not necessarily do good critically and also did not do good financially mm. <laughs> which is weird because when it came out it was like a lot of like positive press for it yeah because one they they were the first movie of note to not release in theaters yeah, i believe true. or I so. did, did the trolls world world tour it was no? Trolls and um, Birds of Prey also were like one of the first ones at, at okay. the start of the pandemic that were like, hey, we're going to like not force you guys to go to a theater to watch this. Have an avenue to watch it online. Mm-hmm. Birds of Prey. Uh, Harley Quinn? 
Mm-hmm. Harley Quinn was released in theaters. Well, I think they also... There, they, there was they, like a separate oh. Birds of Prey movie. Yeah. They, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, wait a second, that was the last movie I saw in theaters. That can't be right. Because I saw Harley Quinn in theaters before everything went down. Yeah. I was very confused for a second. Um, Let's see. Or Birds of Prey may have been, yeah, because I I don't know when the release date was. Oh, yeah, no, that would have been before lockdown. It came out in February. But I think Trolls may have gone to it. It was, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it was right up there with that. Um... And, like, I remember, you know, like, I think maybe, like, the first weekend it did even beat Trolls or something. Um, but after all was said and done, it still only made back, uh, not even 25 million out of its 90 million budget. Jeez. Um, so, not necessarily a financial success, and critically, despite having, like, a lot of good, uh, social media press and all of that, still only had, like, reviews averaging around, like, 5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Too bad, because it was fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think, like, I, I after watching the second time and after knowing what, what stuff got cut, uh, I can definitely, like, see where some of the movie is just like, well, there's, there's clearly stuff missing from it and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. Um, which means that, like, it's paced a little weirdly, edited a little weirdly. Um, but yeah. That's, that's all I have for my trivia mm-hmm. and information. Cool. I mean, there's there's a lot more I could say about like whatever cameos and like, oh well, this first place where you see Shaggy is in front of this place that's called Casey's Snack Bar or whatever, and it's named after Casey Kasem, the original voice of Shaggy Rogers and stuff like that. Oh. <laughs> or like how a bunch of the cops in this movie are named after like original voice actors or whatever, <laughs> uh, and stuff like that. Um, but it it's not worth getting into all of that. Uh, so instead, I will just go over the cast uh, and crew. Released on May 15th, 2020, directed by Tony Cervone, produced by Pam Coates and Allison Abate. Probably not pronounced that way. I I don't know how else it would be pronounced. Uh, screenplay by Adam Sistikiel. I, I definitely pronounced that wrong. Uh, Jack Donaldson, Derek Elliott, Matt Lieberman, uh, produced... Er, Story by Matt Lieberman, Ail Pudell, and Jonathan E. Stewart. Featuring the voice acting talents of Frank Welker as Scooby-Doo, Will Forte as Shaggy Rogers, Ian Armitage as Young Shaggy Rogers, Mark Wahlberg as Brian slash Blue Falcon, Jason Isaacs as Dick Dastardly, Gina Rodriguez as Velma Dinkley, Ariana Greenblatt as young Velma Dinkley, Zach Efron as Fred Jones, Pierce Gagnon as young Fred Jones, Amanda Seyfried as Daphne Blake, McKenna Grace as young Daphne Blake, Kiersey Clements as Dee Dee Skies, Ken Jeong as Dynomut Dog Wonder, Tracy Morgan as Captain Caveman, Billy West and the archival laughs of Don Messick as Muttley, Simon Cowell as Simon Cowell. Eric Cowell as Ben, who I don't actually know who Ben is. <laughs> Henry Winkler as Keith. I thought Ben was Keith, but no, no, Keith is a different character. Keith is Keith. Yeah. 
Kevin Hefferman is Officer Gary. Christina Hendricks is Officer Yaffe. Adam Sestikiel as Officer Casey. Alex Kaufman as Officer North. Maya Erskine as Judy Takamoto. Justina Machado as Jamie Rivera. John McDaniel as Hal Murphy. Another character who I don't know who it was. Um, Fred Tatashore as Cerberus. Henry Kaufman as Chad and Chet, who I believe are the bullies from the beginning of the movie. That sounds right. Pam Coates as Mrs. Rogers. Venara Tang as Dusty slash Baby Rotten. Sara Lancia as Dispatcher Stevens. Additionally, Harry Perry and Ira Glass voice themselves, while do- director Tony Cervone cameos as the voices of the ghost slash Mr. Rigby, as well as Atlas, and John DiMaggio voices a restaurant owner. <laughs> I kind of didn't realize how many officers there were. There is, like, a surprisingly large number of them for a movie that didn't need any of them. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hmm. <laughs> gonna have to actually cut that out because i did say a curse word but you can figure it out through context clues um but yeah that's that's it for all the voices um i guess let's just get into the movie so yeah wouldn't have any last minute uh things to say before i start digging into the deep stuff nope the big meats nope all right uh so we open on venice beach of California with the song California Love as puppy Scooby steals some gyro meat from Alexander's great gyros. Fun foreshadowing there. Oh, I did not <laughs> catch that. I only caught that because of a piece of trivia I read. That's funny. Uh, he gets chased around by a bike cop. They run past a young Shaggy who drops all of his food and then plays sad music on his phone. Um... I did pause here when I was taking my notes, and then I did notice that the snack bar behind him, the one that's named after Casey Kasem, uh, is also stylized like the mystery machine paint job. Aww. Hmm. <laughs> Which is a very strange thing. Um, I also think that's where uh, the mystery, uh, mystery Inc. headquarters gets put at the end of the movie. Mm. Yeah. So, I, I, who knows? Um, anyways... Uh, Shaggy puts on a podcast about needing friends and then Scooby hides in some sand piles. Shaggy sees the sand piles and makes them into imaginary friends. Apparently he lied to his mom about meeting friends at the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scooby hears Shaggy being sad and goes to hang out. Shaggy gives him a weird sandwich that's missing the meat. So they add the meat from the Euro pile of meat that Scooby stole. Uh, cop shows up, Shaggy lies about Scooby being his dog, improvs the name based on the box of Scooby snacks that are there, uh, and then the cop leaves because if the dog has a middle name, he can't be charged with theft or damages. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's little moments like that that really sell me on this movie, because that the kind of like quick one-liners that don't get really like dug into very much, mm-hmm. they happen a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot in this movie, and honestly, they're really funny. Yeah, some of, some of them are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to uh, Shaggy and Scooby at Shaggy's house. It seems to be the same day, which is also turns out to be Halloween. 
Shaggy has a bunch of Blue Falcon Dynamut stuff, including Funko Pops that I saw on his shelf. Oh, God. Um, Shaggy bought Scooby a collar. Scooby promises to never take it off. We cut to Shaggy and Scooby trick-or-treating. They uh, walk by the spooky, haunted Rigby house. And then some bullies take their candy as they skate by. Uh, they have... The the bullies have clown slash juggalo makeup, and I don't know which one it's supposed to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just insane clown posse costumes. Mm-hmm. Kid going trick-or-treating as Violent J. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyways, they take the candy, uh, and then they throw the candy into the Rigby house. Uh, there is, like, a fun joke in there of them being like, you know this stuff rots your teeth, and Shaggy and Scooby are like, yeah, yeah we know, we we're know. okay with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, um, the line was, oh gosh, what was the line? I didn't write it down. You know, this is just a, uh, Halloween is just a, a ploy for, what was it? It was... Something along the lines of similar to Big Pharma, but it was not obviously Big Pharma. It was like the dentists. No, no, it was like candy companies referencing candy companies or, or exploiting Halloween. Blah blah blah. That kind of joke. I did. Not, I just didn't write no. it down. Uh, but yeah, so it, it goes flying through the window of the house, um, and then they skate off. Uh, and then young Fred, Daphne, and Velma show up. And they're all in costumes also. They go investigate the house as a group to get the candy back. And it's inside, just right in the middle of the roof. Yeah. I mean, uh, it didn't really need to be anywhere else, really. Yeah, that's, no. That's it's, not it's, the point. It more just increases the uh, the creep factor. Yeah. Um, As they go in uh, to grab it. Uh, they grab it, it's no issue, and as they go to leave, there's a noise, and the wardrobe that's at the end of the room opens for a split second. Yeah, much to Velma's curiosity. So she goes and opens it, yeah. and there's a code in there that moves just like a little bit, and then there's a ghost behind it. Ooh. So Shaggy and Scooby <laughs> end up hiding in the wardrobe by while Fred, Velma, and Daphne uh, get chased upstairs, but Daphne gets cut off by the ghost, which chases her around the room. And Velma's like, oh, hey, look, there's a wire attaching the ghost to the ceiling. So Fred just throws an axe at it, cutting the wire. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They end up wrapping up the ghost and Fred tackles it. uh, And they unmask it, revealing Mr. Rigby. Mr. Rigby? Mr. Rigby? Yeah, I didn't want to do a synchronized one. No, that that was was funnier. (laughs) Uh, apparently he's stolen a a lot of electronics. Yeah, the Shaggins could be find a background uh, a back room full of stolen goods and describe it as quote the world's smallest Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> um they call the police and police show up and they take Mr. Rigby away. Uh Mr. Rigby goes to call the middling kids but he gets cut off by the door being slammed in his face. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the gang is formed because uh, Shaggy and Scooby are like, yeah, well, there's probably not that many monsters out there, right? <laughs> uh, and then we get a... Uh, classic intro. Yeah, it's just a class- uh, basically a full recreation of the classic intro with like a little bit of extra. Mm. Um, and the kids grow up into like m- 
modern day adults. Yeah, I guess uh, let's just say adults. They're adults. They do taxes. Yeah, mm-hmm. they literally do taxes. Um. But yeah, and then it ends with the uh, the look at the screen type stuff. So then, in modern day, I'm guessing in in, in canonically 2020, unless it takes place in the future, which I guess it could. Uh, there's a coffee shop, which uh, it says it's a coffee shop outside. It's a but diner. It's it, they call it a diner, and it serves oh. food. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> It, it's named Weird. after, it's RNS, like a ruby spear. Mm. Um, <laughs> they decide, uh, they're like, there to have a meeting about what's next for Mystery Incorporated, because the Mystery Machine, or, well, they, they're they called Mystery Inc., but they're not like a business business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're talking about, like, going into actual incorporation, and apparently... And I don't know why, because it's not important to the movie at all. Simon Cowell is there to help them? Yeah. Yeah, he's there to to, um, what's the, oh, the sh- oh. to shark tank them. Yeah. Hmm. Why? Sort of, I mean, none of the people on Shark Tank are good people, but that would have made more sense. Mm-hmm. And it's not like people wouldn't know what Shark Tank is. I think they did did it. I don't know how they did it or why they did it, but I think part of it was because they wanted to throw in the singing joke, which I hated. Because oh, um, yeah, 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 Simon yeah. Cowell shows up and is like, "Yay, I'm Simon Cowell," and Scooby and Shaggy are like, "Oh my god, it's Simon Cowell," and they immediately start singing, which no, thank you. And they sing poorly, also. Yeah. Yeah. And he immediately insults him, insults them. In that Simon Cowell way, which Fred deliberately points out. Uh, and Simon Cowell's like, hey, the gang, you all have potential, and that's why I'm, I'm here to invest, but... And, like, he also says, like, each of them are good at something, except he's like, but, except for you two, Shaggy and Scooby, you're the weakest links of the gang, and I won't invest with you involved. Friendship won't save the day. Yeah, like, what a jerk. Right? Why? Um, and then Shaggy and Scooby just leave before the gang can stop them. Yeah, mm. because they're not they're not dealing with it. And honestly, no, because it's like, yo, you talk about my friends that way, you're out immediately. Go away. Because mm. like Simon Cowell, we don't want anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, so they go to the Takamoto Bowl, um, named after a wild Takamoto. Uh. And they make fun of and are just generally mad at Simon Cowell. Scooby manages to bowl a spare, but then the last pin gets back up. And it has little glowing eyes inside, but then they disappear when Shaggy goes to look. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then the ball doesn't get returned, and then all of the other ball returns go off, despite the whole place being empty. Creepy. Spooky. Uh, and then all of the balls in that one pin turn into evil scorpion robots. Yeah. Uh, and they get they get chased around, and then they dive behind the snack bar where they start uh, doing snack orders for the robots to make them uh, not chase them. And so they transform I, into cute little babies. I wanted to point something out because it was important to me, and I could not find any reference to it. There is a moment where the robots are looking at Scooby and Shaggy, and there was code of some sort. 
I didn't I wasn't able to decode the top part, but there is binary logs and it says we love them very much in binary. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. I looked for it on the trivia pages and I was like, you failed me, trivia pages. How dare wow. you? You might be the first person to do that then. Well, I see Aww. binary in a in a in a work and I'm like, I have to decode it right now. So um, there was another se- there was another se- sequence where it showed up again, but at that point I had kind of like let go of how many notes I was taking and I was like, I don't want to pull it up again. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> But I just I love it. We love them very much in binary while looking at Scooby and Shaggy. Adorable. Adorable. Um, Speaking of adorable, these cute robots are just generally adorable. I love them. I love them. Um, But yeah, so they take take the orders, but then the robots turn violent again because they're out of calamari. Uh, And then Shaggy and Scooby dive down uh, a bowling lane and escape through the back. They uh, comment on how it's not very exciting. In the back, which uh, it's it's funny to me because that's just the case for everything when it comes when you're a kid and you grow up thinking, oh, there must be something really interesting back there, but no, it's there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, the gang hears a police dispatch about the incident happening and they go to investigate. Uh, meanwhile, Shaggy and Scooby end up cornered in a back alley before a tractor beam takes them away. Ooh. And then one of the robots jumps after them, but smashes into a wall and breaks. Yes. And then gets crushed by... A dumpster. A, a dumpster. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby come into a big room that lights up to reveal white walls and blue accent lights that make the AT&T startup noise as they turn on. <laughs> <laughs> I recognize that because it's the noise that my phone makes. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have been like, that's probably something. And didn't yeah. look, wouldn't have looked it up. Um, they realize that they're in Ikea, I mean Falcon Fury. Uh, D.D. Skies shows up and is like, hey, I'm D.D. Skies. I pilot the Falcon Fury. You are being chased by robots sent by Dick Dastardly, who's a supervillain who wants to kill you. And Shaggy and Scooby are like, man, someone wants to kill us. That's great. Which is surprising. It means they're important. Mm -hmm. That feels like it is overriding their general um coward nature yeah in a way that i maybe don't agree with yeah um they go to the bridge and it's cool and the lights go out and fog rolls in as blue falcon preps his super cool intro uh he cuts it short to get mad at keith because keith missed the balloon cue keith apparently keith (laughs) has one job and it's to cue the balloons keith probably has a lot more than the one job for sure um, Shaggy uh, the and Scooby. Falcon oh, is just ahead. saying it. The Falcon is just saying it because that's just what people say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby immediately call out Blue Falcon for not being Blue Falcon. Yeah. Apparently, his uh, the F on his chest is too small. He's got scales, which are actually just like detailed feathers. Yeah. Etc. Etc. Mm. Um. Dynamut shows up and is the real Dynamut. And is like, no, yeah, this is Brian, uh, the real Blue Falcon retired. Yeah. This is his Went kid. to Palm Beach, I think it was? Yes. He's in a better place now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, of note, and this is something I really love about this movie, the animation for Dynamut is fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
he's so expressive and they really lean they I want to say they really lean into the fact that he's a robot. Mm-hmm. Like they don't shy away from the fact that he's a robot at all. And I just appreciate that so much. Uh, I kind of wish that there was like any reference to the original uh, Dynomut design. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, I have a fondness for old Dynomut. Right. Um, like, yeah. This Dynomut is, uh, you know, is a very good design, a very good character. It's just very different uh, character personality-wise. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they sort of do a reversal on Blue Falcon and Dynomut for this movie. But yeah, let's see. Uh, Dastardly shows up in his big mean machine and tries to attack them. So they head to the cockpit. DD gets into her cool motorcycle terminal to pilot. Dastardly is trying to collect... We learned that Tra- Dastardly is trying to collect the three skulls of Cerberus and has already gotten one. They don't know why he's after Sh- Scrooby and Shaggy. Yeah. It's very quick exposition. Yes, because say. let Which... me tell you about some of the deleted scenes. Oh, God. Uh, so the Rottens fire harpoons and uh, get into the Falcon Fury and almost pull it in. But then... Uh, Didi has Dynomut reverse the tractor beam to launch them away. Uh, but because they weren't immediately killed, Dynomut was like, well, he probably wants you alive then. And so Falcon Force as a whole sort of asked them to join up. Shaggy says no, but Scooby's like, hey, we this is the chance to prove ourselves. And then the balloons go off. <laughs> <laughs> Great timing, Keith. Uh, gang is at the gang is at the Takamoto Bowl asking Judy about what happened at the alley. She tells them about it and how they got taken by a tractor beam and says the words, I have to presume that if they were with their friends, they wouldn't have been kidnapped. And continues to just sort of guilt trip them as Daphne has a panic attack. Yeah. And then they get given a broken robot. Yeah, I, I really love Judy. Judy's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like... I love the implications here because she very obviously knows who they are. Yeah. Because this is a place that Scooby and Shaggy hang out in. Yes, but also at the same time, uh, she describes Scooby and Shaggy as in like the most like, I don't care who these people are kind of way. Yeah, I know. Mm. It's so funny because it's like, it it just works. It's so funny. I love her. Describe Shaggy as a long haired guy who has a hip habitually says like at the start of every sentence like he's some old ceo's 70s pre- preconception of what a hippie is or whatever yeah something like that <laughs> oh yeah so they get given the broken robot velma inspects it and finds a stray hair and runs it through a machine in addition to finding mustache oil and scotch also finds soil particles and sunscreen she tries to line it up with a location and finds out about Dastardly Demolition, owned by one Dick Dastardly, most recently wanted for stealing a dog skull from Machu Picchu, as well as some just like general records on some dogs. Hmm. Uh, so they floor it to start the hunt, which causes the corpse of the robot to sort of slam against the back of the mystery machine and reactivate. Above, in the sky, in the mean machine, Dastardly yells at the Rottens and then gets sentimental about his last partner, and then rips one of the Rotten's heads off before replacing it with a hand vacuum. And he says the words, I'll get the key myself. To give people any insight on what he's looking for now. 
Uh, a Falcon Force is looking for any possible locations for the remaining dog skulls. But after Shaggy and Scooby put a jalapeno on their signature ice cream combination, they think to look for a heat signature of the skull's supernatural energy. They manage to pinpoint a spot in the Gobi Desert, but Blue Falcon's social media outreach says it's in Romania. And <laughs> apparently Blue Falcon is always thinking of magicians. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those one-off jokes that I did find very funny. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's just like, a hero never reveals his secrets. No, you're thinking of magicians. Well, you know I'm always thinking about magicians. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's an anonymous tip in his Twitter DMs. Didi's like, hey, that's probably a trap. And Blue Falcon's like, yeah, you're probably right, but we're going to do it anyways. Um, it is revealed in these in this moment is that... Is it in this moment where uh, Brian thinks that anonymous is a single person? Uh, yes. Uh, Didi's like, don't tell me you think that Anonymous is the name of a single person. And he's like, well, judging by your tone of voice, I don't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Brian is Brian is certainly something. Mm. Brian is something. Um, yes, Velma is looking at the information about all the dogs that Dastardly was looking into. And always that they're all related and that Scooby is apparently the last living descendant of Paradis. Alexander the Great's dog. Uh, the robot, Rotten, looks just sort of watches them figure it out, and then Fred takes a shortcut to dastardly demolition. Falcon Force ends up an, at an abandoned funland in Romania. It's spooky. Mm-hmm. Dastardly then shows up and brags that he already got the second skull from the D Gobi Desert. Didi takes flight to attack the Flying Rottens with the the Falcon Fury and then also dastardly. Uh, Dynamut also attacks while Brian runs one way and Shaggy and Scooby run the other. Uh, dastardly chases Shaggy and Scooby into an arcade full of references. And then they play whack-a-mole with the one rotten that got in, smashing it. <laughs> dastardly breaks the door open, uh, calls Shaggy unimportant, and then shoots him through a wall and onto the ferris wheel where blue falcon is hiding uh scooby runs into runs away and gets into the hall of mirrors dastardly is in there and gives a speech about scooby being the key and becoming the most important dog in the world uh mentions how he lost his friend muttley he's lost now is he chipped <laughs> it's just like it's that that kind of conversation just cracked me up so much. Mm -hmm. uh, Scooby then manages to escape while Dastardly is distracted about shouting the word dick. Mm -hmm. um, Rick? Shaggy... <laughs> no, with the D. Okay, Rick. Yeah, Rick with the D. Uh, Shaggy throws a falcon bomb from Blue Falcon's belt at some rottens, which then knocks the ferris wheel loose and it starts rolling through the park. Uh, Dynamut ends up putting Scoob in a bunk and bumper car and saves them from uh, from Dick Dastardly. Shaggy and Blue Falcon also end up or end up on a roller coaster, but then end up in the bumper car with um, Dynamut and Scooby, who get all all of them get caught by the Falcon Fury's uh, tractor beam and saved. Inside, Shaggy and Scooby tell them about what Dastardly said. Dee Dee and Dynamut think they should get a move on. 
the Blue Falcon's like, but first we got to give Scooby a hero suit. Why? Uh, because he's an important dog. Yeah. Um, the Broken Rotten tells Dastardly where the rest of the gang is. Scooby's old collar is in the way of the new suit, so he looks to Shaggy, who gives him a nod before it's removed. And then Shaggy gets sad. Blue Falcon tries to cheer Shaggy up with some gifts, but then Shaggy points out all of the reasons that Blue Falcon should also be upset with imposter syndrome, and then they're yeah. both sad. It's hysterical. Mm. It's like, wow. I do like the the uh, the gag of like here's the self uh, the self confidence <laughs> gift basket. It has my dad's uh, manuscript, no Falcon around, and also my ma- manuscript, just Falcon around. Yeah. It's like one's an autobiography, one's just I think it's a videotape. Like I it looks no, I like think a he DVD. Said it was a, a lighthearted follow up. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, but you know, that's that's just a fun quick gag too. Um I don't so yeah, you brought up the uh why why give Scooby the hero suit. My real question is if you're giving Scooby the hero suit, why are you not giving Shaggy also a hero suit? Because they did both join the Falcon Force. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like, I don't think it's, like, a resource thing. I think No, because like... it's just, like, spray-on nanobots or whatever. Yeah. Mm. It's to create conflict. And that's it. And it's... it's it. I will say... I understand why, because they need a kind of conflict of some sort. Mm. But they didn't need it. They, they really didn't. didn't. They just needed it to be a conflict so Shaggy could be dumb later on. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I feel like there's some things you could change about- I- I think there are some things they could have changed about this movie, um, and it would have been fine. Like, yeah, we'll- we'll get there. Yeah. Um, um, let's see. Okay, so the gang, on their way to Dastardly Demolition- when I say the gang, I'm referring to Fred, Velma, and Daphne. Yeah, that's uh, what I do in my notes, too. They're getting grumpy at each other on the road, and they realize it's because they didn't have lunch, because normally Shaggy and Scooby would feed them horrible sandwiches. <laughs> uh, Velma looks at some photos, and then they see an Instagram post of them with Blue Falcon, and they're all like, oh, okay, they're fine then. Uh, the gang then gets pulled over by a cop. Fred immediately falls for the cop. They have to step out of the vehicle and they talk about Dastardly's appearance in a way that makes him mad. So he drops the disguise of being the the cop. Um, And then he reveals the robot and the mystery machine still worked. And then he captures them all and takes them along with the mystery machine. On the Falcon Fury, Scooby checks himself out in the reflection as Shaggy makes fun of him a little bit. And then something happens, so Scooby runs off. Fred, Vilma, and Daphne are in a cell trying to figure out a way out. When Dusty shows up, Daphne feels bad for them, so she cleans out the dust trap, and they stop sneezing, and they hug her, and then let them out. Very cute. Uh, They sneak up and watch Dastardly use the skulls to find the third skull, which is on Messick Mountain. Dusty points the gang to a room with a comms device in it, Velma starts messing with some wires, which seems to hack into Dynomut somehow. Uh, and she tells them about Messick Mountain before the connection breaks. There's a yarn board in the room that Velma looks at and explains that the skulls are used to find the door to the underworld, which needs to be unlocked by Alexander or Paradis. Or Paradis. Or their descendants. Yes, which will reveal a treasure and also hell. You know. You know. Scooby-Doo stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's um, also a shrine in here to Muttley. Fred pockets one of the notes slash pictures from the yarn board as Dastardly comes in and talks about Muttley for a bit, who was lost after entering a portal to hell to get treasure. He could get in, but not get out. Uh, of note is that this sequence has um, Dick Dastardly narrating in a way that implies sympathy towards him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's like, oh, Muttley he... was so brave and decided to go through the portal first, and it, the no. footage shows Dastardly, like, kicking Muttley through the portal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really, like, clever juxtaposition of, like, the the voiceover and, like, what you're actually seeing on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Then the Rottens take Daphne and Velma to a cell while Dastardly keeps Fred. For... No conceivable reason, actually, based on what happens next. Yeah, it could have been any of them. Well, like, he didn't even need to keep Fred for the thing that he did. Oh, yeah, that's true. Maybe it's something to do with... I don't know how his disguises work. Maybe he needs a template first. Maybe. I can't. You can't even say, like, he steals Fred's clothes, because Fred's still wearing the clothes afterwards. Yeah. It doesn't make uh, sense, but whatever. anyways. Uh, so Dee Dee does some fancy flying into a hidden dino island in a frozen mountain. Shaggy tries to get Scooby to stay on the ship with them, but Scooby wants to go, and then Shaggy acts like a dink. Yep. Scooby goes with the Falcon Force. Their tech is on the fritz, so Scooby starts sniffing around for the skull, like a dog does. Mm-hmm. And they end up finding Captain Caveman, who takes them to find the skull. Shaggy, on the ship, sees the collar and has memories. There's a honking, and the mystery machine is outside with Fred in it, who asks Shaggy to take him to Scoob before Dastardly gets there. Blue Falcon and Scooby have to beat up Captain Caveman in order to get the skull, because he's like the protector of the island or whatever. Blue eh. Falcon calls him small, and then he gets beat up. Scooby activates a suit thing and gets hover skates. Fires a grappling hook, which Captain Caveman grabs, spins him around, and makes the suit disappear. Dynamut shows up and grabs Blue Falcon while uh, Dee Dee attacks Captain Caveman. Then the mystery machine shows up at the Falcon Fury. Er, no. Sorry, did I skip over where uh, Fred shows up? No. I was going so fast, I think I did say it, I just didn't talk about it. I thought you said Fred. Did yeah. you see Fred? Yeah. I did yeah. say it. I just, I said it in like two sentences and didn't think about what I was saying. No, no, no. You're good. Anyway, so yeah, the mystery machine shows up into the battle where they're all fighting. Shaggy goes to talk to Scoob. But, but everyone's like, wait a second. Who's that? Where did this car come from? Why is this happening? Yeah, he's like, don't worry about it. It's just Fred. And Fred reveals to actually be Dick Dastardly in disguise, who then takes the skull and Scooby and heads to Athens, leaving the rest of the gang... Uh, behind as well as falcon force and destroying the falcon fury therefore they are trapped because they need something to fly yeah. out of yeah. there yeah they're trapped on dino island sorry it's called mystery island yeah um so fred gets in a fight with blue falcon and then the two teams square off until shaggy's like hey no it's my fault and does a speech about people changing and growing and that being okay. And that gets everybody hyped up like we're going to get a montage. But we don't. 
because nope. get, we'll get to the deleted scenes later. <laughs> oh, God. Meanwhile, in Athens, things get weird as the mean machine flies overhead and drops the skulls. Green fire ripples out, restoring ancient architecture and revealing the gate. The mystery machine uh, flies in, wrapped in falcon tech, with dynamite wings. And the Rottens go to shoot it down, but Dusty sees Daphne in it and tries to stop them. Missiles get knocked off course, but only slightly, which will destroy the thrusters. But Dynamut manages to get the gang and Falcon Force down safely. The mystery machine is damaged. Dastardly makes Scoob open the gate, releasing the green fire. Cerberus, who's big. Big boy. Big puppy. Big puppy. Dastardly and Scoob go run for it. Okay, go ahead. I love. I I know I talk about the animation. But it's such good. It's so good. the The effects of Cerberus mm-hmm. are very overworldly, mm-hmm. or should, I guess I should say underworldly. Um, and it's so cool looking. Yeah. What's interesting, if you consider how big Cerberus's heads are compared to its body, it's like got the proportions of a it's, puppy. Yeah, it's so <laughs> small, technically. It's like what like, is small but big? Yeah, it's mm. like a, it's like um. Oh my gosh, what's that one? A wiener dog. Hmm, a Doshand. Doshand. Or a Corgi. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> big head, uh, small legs. Mm-hmm. Adorable. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think it's uh, a little strange considering how, like, every other dog we've seen, and by other dog I mean the one robot dog and Scooby, Mm-hmm. Uh, have like you know very cartoony faces and expressions, while uh, Cerberus's dog faces all look pretty realistic. Mm. And that's definitely on purpose to make it look more menacing. Yeah. yeah. Remember how some in some of that concept art, Cerberus was like an actual hellhound and not just like a green ghosty puppy with uh, gladiator helmets on. <laughs> um. Let's see. Uh, Alright, yeah, so Cerberus comes out, he's big, Dastardly and Scooby run away. Scooby runs to the mystery machine and gets everybody out of it, and Dusty sees that Daphne is okay and is happy. Yay. Dastardly enters hell and looks at all of the gold, finds a motionless Muttley, gets super sad, talks about how he searched for years and starts crying, but then Muttley starts laughing, and they get into some classic antics, but then Dastardly is still happy. Uh, the gang sees Cerberus and starts to make a plan, but Fred isn't there. He's instead <laughs> grabbing a hubcap to use as a shield and running to go attack before getting knocked away. Get to that in a bit when I talk about the deleted scenes. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby give the gang a, a plan of Velma and Fred go to the gate and figure out how to close it while the rest of us distract. Dynamut helps, but gets knocked away. The Rottens go to protect Daphne. Dynamut and Blue Falcon have a heart-to-heart about being a hero. Blue Falcon uh, remembers that a suit can fly, and can fly with it. He uses that to stop Scooby from being eaten. Dastardly and Muttley escape with some treasure. Fred reveals that the clue from earlier that he pocketed is a, uh, a a little thing to read. Prophecy. Prophecy. Two brothers bridge the earthly void, one man, one dog, the key employed. One to open, two to close, a pair whose friendship forever grows. Uh, They realize that it'll take two people to lock it, and there's an engraving of a man on one side and a dog on the other. Hey, Alexander. 
Why the heck does it only take one to open? Wouldn't you want it to be two to open? What the heck? Well, if one's on the inside, they can't open it. I know, but listen. That's a fl- it's a flawed locking mechanism, mm. in my opinion. You don't want just one person to be able to open the gates of hell. You know? Especially if you didn't come prepared with the two people to close it. Then you yeah. just, like, opened it with nothing, like left to do well okay so alexander needed it to be one to open so that way he could open it and because his yeah. dog's on the other side he could just close it whenever yeah he's had to be able to get to all of his cool treasures i guess um anyways so shaggy gets the rottens to turn into bowling balls they bowl them out as falcon force leads cerberus to trip on them like they're marbles and it falls back through the gate Fred, Velma, and Daphne get real serious as the gate closes, and they reveal that to keep the door closed, Shaggy and Scooby have to lock the door, and one of them has to be on the inside. There's no other way to do it. Scooby's Scooby has to do it because it's uh, related to Paradis, and Shaggy has to do it because he's Scooby's best friend. And Scooby's like, alright, fine, I'll go. But before he can, Shaggy's like, no, actually, I'll go. And they have a slap fight until Shaggy gets in. Uh, He gets sent to hell. And he goes to lock the gate. And they lock the gate. And the gate is sealed. And everybody goes, everything goes back to normal at the end. Except. Except. (laughs) Scooby is there crying and howling. And the gang goes to comfort. Velma tries to think if they missed something. Why would Alexander build a gate that separates him from his friend forever? And then an Alexander statue shows up and uh, it reveals that our bond will never break or bend. So, my friend, it's time to return to your home. Scooby. All Scooby has to do is tell Shaggy to come home and the door opens. Oh, it's more like beg for Shaggy to come home. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the statue's open. Shaggy gets kicked out. Friendship <laughs> saves the day after all. Mm-hmm. He gets flicked out of the door by a uh, large paw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Shaggy gives Scooby the collar. Dastardly and Muttley get caught by the Rottens. It's time for Dastardly to pay for his crimes, except and Shaggy grabs his face to reveal Simon, Simon Cow. But really, it was just there's a second mask, and it's actually Dick Dastardly for real. Yeah, there's a second unmasking as well. Um, so they head back to Venice Beach uh, as its mystery inks business opens up. Falcon Force shows up to the party and gives them a new high-tech van to replace the mystery machine. Keith gets the balloons right this time. Uh, <laughs> and then the gang gets another job. So Dusty and the Rottens watch the shop while they leave Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Uh, and the credits show some more Hanna-Barbera characters. Okay. Sha- Shaggy goes to hell the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> let me talk about some deleted scenes here. Yes, I'm very curious mm-hmm. I've now. got, how many do, do I have here? I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten deleted scenes. What? That, that are available, uh, I believe, on the Blu-ray or whatever, but also through HBO Max. Okay. First How, deleted okay, scene. I, I need to understand something real quick. How complete are these deleted scenes? Um, Only like two or three of them have actual voice acting, but they're all storyboarded. Um, okay. And... 
uh, use temp voice acting. Gotcha. Um, okay. There is actually one scene that does have footage of it used in the movie, uh, <laughs> but not the scene itself. Um, and we'll get there. <clears throat> okay. But we start with a different way for Shaggy and Scooby to meet. It's a deleted scene. It shows Shaggy having moved to this new place, not fitting it at school, not making any friends. Uh, and so his parents are like, here, I have a plan. Let's go to this farm that's holding an adoption event for dogs. And we see tiny Scooby there who also doesn't fit in with all of the other dogs because all of the other dogs are like normal dogs and Scooby's like a goofy puppy. A very cartoony, goofy puppy. Scooby Uh, is people. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Shaggy sees this, so they bond. And also, they don't name Scooby in that scene. They're just like, all right, well, what's his name? So Shaggy's like, hey, Scooby, what's your name? And Scooby just like shrugs and like, all right, we'll figure that out as we go. And that's where the deleted scene ends. Gotcha. (laughs) Um, I think that's better than the beach scene. It's also, like, kind of how they did it with the um, Mystery Begins, in some ways. Right. Um, there is a, uh, a deleted scene from the Trick or Treat segment. It's like a montage of Shaggy and Scooby making a plan of how they're going to handle trick or treating. Um, and it's doing, like, the Oceans thing of describing the plan as they show the plan happening. Uh, it includes uh, Scooby-Doo sh- saying the word nipples. Oh. Because, hmm. uh, it's like, uh, they're just like saying, like, oh, we'll be up to our, uh, body part with candy name. Like, up to our Knickers and Snickers. Mm. Which is oh. the only one that I can remember right now. Gotcha. Um, and then Scooby says the words up to our nipples and Skittles? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> um, hmm. And Shaggy's like, mm, no, that one doesn't work. Bye. <laughs> and then it ends with them passing by the uh, the spooky mansion. All right, and now here's the big one. Okay. Here's the big one. This one, uh, I believe, had actual voice acting. I may be wrong. Um, but this is the one that had the scene. Like we see a clip of this scene in the movie, but we don't see the scene itself. It's a uh, it's a scene of where we see Dastardly getting the first goal in Peru on Machu Picchu. Uh, there's two scientists that are really excited about the skull. Um, one of them's like, look, listen, you got to come with me. I got to show it to you. You got to see it for yourself. Um, it's like a younger woman scientist and like an older man. Uh, and it's like, oh, yes, this is the skull of Cerberus. And there's murals around talking about what happens. And this is where they explain of like what happens when you put the skulls together, how they got separated in the first place. Hmm. Uh, and then the older scientist get really gets really into explaining it and reveals himself to be dastardly in disguise. Oh, interesting. The other one. Hmm. Um, it also like, he they also mention like this is where the other scientist is like, well, you can't do anything with it without the key. Uh, and Dastard is like, oh, well, I've already got that handled, or whatever. Uh, the hmm. skull points a laser towards the second skull, and uh, the scientist is like. Blue Falcon will stop you. Let him try. I'm the early bird this time. It's my turn to get the worm. Oh, God. <laughs> Which is a great sign. Or a great uh, yeah. line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, during the scene of where they talk about uh, Dastardly having found the uh, the skull in Peru, uh, where it shows footage of him flying up on the, uh, on the skull, laughing maniacally, that's from this deleted scene. 
Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, there's a deleted uh, scene where Shaggy and Scooby make a big sandwich. <laughs> That's that is that is something this movie needed. You know, it was like a really short scene. It would have been probably around the same time they raided the uh, the Falcon Fury's fridge. They like cut a cupcake in half and add gummy worms and a whole fish and all of that. You know the, the antics. Mm. Um. There's an internal internal thought sequence of Shaggy and Scooby that this one this one is okay being cut because um, it doesn't add anything. But basically, Dee Dee's like, well, obviously. Dastardly wants you for something. Maybe if we can get in your brain and figure it out, we can figure out why he wants you. So she, like, uh, jacks into their brains with some tech. Um. Hmm. Uh, and ends up in, like, this rainbow cupcake wonderland that ends in a fart joke, basically. Oh. And that's it. It, it literally is, like, ten seconds. Um... There's a scene that... This also scene... This scene could also have gotten cut. It's a scene of... Dick Dastardly trying to get his mustache to not curl and then also threatening the robots for failing to catch Scooby. Mm. <laughs> um, this is, Here's a deleted scene that got cut uh, because of they changed the sort of the focus of the movie. <laughs> which is um, Shaggy meeting Grape Ape. Um. Uh, who in the original uh, idea of the movie would have started as a small chimpanzee that could get big like a Hulk. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, also, Adam Ant is technically in the scene because it starts with the little, like, helix flying across the screen, making the little flying noise that Hanna-Barbera cartoons make. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Jetsons uh, engine noise. Mm. But yeah, it's a, it's around when Shaggy and Scooby are fighting. Shaggy is, like, just walking around in the Falcon Fury and finds the section where, like, this chimpanzee is in a in a little cage. And it's like, huh. hey, you want to hang out? He doesn't talk. Uh, it has a hat. And is like, hey, press this unlock button. Like, points to it. And then and the scene ends with, you know, Shaggy and Grape Ape just sort of, like, hanging out. Next scene is a, a scene where Mystery Inc. was planning on trying to catch, da- catch Dick Dastardly instead of having, like, the cop scene happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically... Uh, the robot was instead ha- putting out like a a beacon, like a you know an emergency beacon, but uh, Dick Dastardly wasn't going to find it because Delma had to put it in a ver- Faraday cage. Uh, and so they were going to use it as bait for a trap that Fred set up. It was like a big old box trap. So Velma takes the robot out of the box, puts it in the trap. Um, but because they don't have Shaggy and Scooby to lure the perp into the thing. Fred's like, well, all right, Velma, Daphne, you two are going to do the thing to lure the people over there. And they're like, why do we have to do it? And then Velma starts getting really nervous because Shaggy and Scooby aren't there to get nervous instead. And then Daphne also gets nervous and then they end up scrapping the trap. But then Fred gets caught in it and then they get into the mystery machine as Dastardly shows up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which I think that one, I think, you know, these two scenes where they replace the cop showing up with something else. Seems like a better scene than what we were given. Yeah. yeah. I would rather have seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a montage. There's the montage scene of them retrofitting the mystery machine with the Falcon Fury parts and getting it to fly for the first time. It is literally just like some music plays while they put the. They do some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this scene, um, 
cats and caveman comes with them and they're being chased by an army of the of the people from mystery island uh so it's very clearly something else was originally supposed to happen here but also why would you cut a montage <laughs> that that's right. that part so desperately led up to a montage and then they didn't include a montage and the next time yeah. we see it the mystery machine has been modified yeah uh, and it's at this point, I was like, hey, do you think Captain Caveman was actually only in Scoob because they had already announced that Tracy Morgan was voicing him? Because that was one of the voice actors, like, that was one of the first things they announced, was like, Tracy Morgan's going to voice Captain Caveman. Mm. <laughs> and that was back in 2018 when they were planning on doing this, like, grander uh, crossover thing. Yeah. yeah. It, it really feels like they could have just, like, not had him in the movie. But they had to put him in the movie because Tracy Morgan was already announced. Uh, Alright, anyways, the last scene that was deleted in the deleted scenes that we were shown is uh, it's a scene uh, from when the gates of hell open. It also releases a bunch of demons that the mm. gang and the Falcon Force oh. are going to fight. Uh, the missiles don't work on them because Dynamite fires missiles at them. And this is where we see uh, the scene that is in the movie where Fred picking up the hubcap uh, and like putting, you know, grease on his face and tying his ascot as a headband and doing a for the mystery machine shout. Uh, and he runs forward and punches one of the uh, the demons with the shield, and it makes a loud like you know metal ringing noise. And the vibrations of that kill the demon that he punches, and they realize, oh, they're weak to sound powers. So huh. everybody does their sound stuff of like making a bunch of noises. Like mm. Daphne does a big whistle. And makes a joke about, oh, whistle that can hail taxis and also defeat demons. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Blue Falcon, like, holds out his arms and a bunch of speakers come out and, like, rave lights as dubstep starts blasting. <laughs> uh, and Dynamut does a big dog howl. And, you like, it's, like, a really, really big one. He's like, oh, that was, uh, that was very, um, what's the word, invigorating or something. Yeah. Right? Like, that's another scene that, like, it's so weird to me that some of this stuff got cut because there are, like, parts of the movie where it, like, absolutely should have been in there. Yeah. Mm. Uh, especially, like, the montage, for example. It's, like, the biggest, like, most obvious, like, this is something missing from the movie. And yeah, it, it literally, the runtime was, like, five seconds of the scene, if that. Mm -hmm. Ten seconds, maybe. And it's, like, what... Like, how strict were people being on you about the length of this movie? Yeah, that's probably a key factor there. Mm -hmm. Like, and in some ways, I almost want to, like, say, oh, did you even need, like, the uh, the entirety of the part with the origin story of Mystery Incorporated? <laughs> people know who Scooby-Doo is. Yeah. Right, right, you don't need to, like, sell people on, like, the gang meeting up with Scooby and like becoming a guru. Or you no. could have like maybe the the scene of Shaggy and Scooby meeting for the first time as a flashback that plays halfway through the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just don't... to kind of have that setup of promising to never take the collar off or something like that. Yeah, because like that's really what you're getting out of that opening scene. You're not getting really any big characterization of the gang being friends with Shaggy and Scooby. Because also that doesn't really come up in the rest of the movie. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's like, they didn't need to establish that Shaggy was a lonely kid. Maybe he was already friends with uh, the others and just happened to meet Scooby 
it's it's interesting. Different different ways that could have been done. Like I, I'm okay with them establishing Shaggy as a lonely kid if they did it like with that farm scene like halfway through the movie as a flashback after him and Scooby start fighting. If you're gonna have to keep that plot yeah. in the movie. Mm. Yeah. I don't think you need to do the collar thing. The collar thing is unimportant. Yeah. It it was just there just to cause It was conflict. there to like add this weird romantic tension to their whole relationship Listen. that I don't <laughs> I don't Listen, feel comfortable with. The number of times that there has been a romantic angle added on to Scooby and Shaggy's relationship, it's ridiculous. It doesn't happen often, but I notice it. Uh, it happened so it. strongly in this movie is the thing. Like they even classified their like argument as a breakup. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, it's like, like it, all of Brian the points used it out. The- yeah, it's <laughs> It was, was it, it's like, it's not a necessary thing. I know it's kind of like, they're probably just thinking, ha ha, funny. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessary, man. They also don't play it as a joke. They just yeah. like, they just say it using the language of a breakup, and they don't make a joke of it. And like, I'm not saying you should make a joke of it. I'm saying, why do it? Yeah, yeah. it's not necessary is the thing. It's like... I know it's a complicated situation because Scooby is people and there's weird things to to try to avoid when it comes to that. But at the same time, listen, they're just he's friends. a dog. They can just be friends. You can just use language of being a friend. You don't yeah. have to say it's a breakup or you have young Shaggy doing all of the awkward stumbling of someone buying a necklace for their first date. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's, like, actually uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not necessary. Uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, that's that's the stuff that got cut from the movie. Which, I watched all of that stuff before watching it for the second time. Um, which really mm-hmm. colored some of my opinions of some of the scenes. Understandable. And how I just, I feel like this movie got over-edited in a way. Mm-hmm. It's only an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I can understand not wanting to hit the two-hour mark. Um, yeah. But you could hit, like, an hour 35 uh, and be fine. Or you could, like, rearrange some of the stuff that you have in there. Cut some of the other stuff. Because, trust me, you didn't need it. No. <laughs> right, like, did we need, like, all the runtime dedicated to all the Simon Cowell jokes? No. Simon Cowell <laughs> was unnecessary and didn't need to be there and was just there to incite conflict. Yeah. Like the, the the secondary conflict, if you removed that, you would remove forty percent of the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's I, not necessary. Because of that, I, I think part of that is because they couldn't fit in the original primary conflict that they wanted. Because mm. the original primary conflict that they wanted had like all involved all these other Hanna Barbera characters, right? Yeah. And so, like when they were like trimming stuff down, and like because this this movie was in development for like. You know, how when did they first announce Scoob? Because it was in development for a while. Alright, um... Okay, plans for a new Scooby-Doo theatrical film began in tw- June 2014. When Warner Brothers announced that they would reboot Scooby-Doo film series with an animated film. Servone was hired to direct in 2015. 
and they had hired their uh, first co-director in 2016. So this has been being worked on since 2016. And, like, everything changed over in 2018, and the cast was hired in 2019. So there was, like, four years of them trying to figure out what this movie was, and yeah. it sort of, like, feels that way. Yeah. Development mm-hmm. hell. It really feels like it was like, all right, we just got to settle for something. Yeah. Mm. I I almost wanted them to go the op- hard the opposite direction, and just, like, instead of making this a Scooby-Doo movie, just, like, no, it's just... We got a bunch Hannah of Hannah Barbera properties in here together. We're doing yeah. the thing that everybody seems to hate of the Ready Player One Space Jam thing. And like, well, I get yeah. why people don't like that. It can be done well. It can <laughs> be done well. It's just. I would enjoy to see it. Yeah. 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 I think it's like when you do big crossover set pieces, you need to have like intention, not yeah. just showing things just to show them but like give them a reason to be all together and like do the work and it can actually like be a good like property it's like the appeal of crossovers is characters Mm -hmm. 100 the only appeal of crossovers is characters so if you give them a structure Mm -hmm. just some kind of thing a goal a conflict something anything and then just write the characters around that concept, you're golden. Yeah. Granted, you have to get people who can write those characters, but you know. (laughs) You know. Yeah, it's like in the the new Space Jam, like, teaser trailer they showed, like, you know, of course it's got, like, you know, the the whole, like, you know, million different cameos here, there, and the other, but, like, I don't know, it's just, there's something about how, like, they cut Pepe Le Pew from... The Looney Tunes, because, like, obviously, like, as a character, Pepe Le Pew doesn't really age well. But then, like, there's, like, background characters dressed up like the main guy from Clockwork Orange. Yeah, yeah, like, the the fucked up evil people from that movie that I have. Yeah, yeah, so it's, like, I don't know, it's, like, you, they will, like, I feel like when crossover movies are done poorly, it's, like, you don't have people who are, like, working on it. Yeah, they're not passionate, and they don't respect like the various source materials that they're pulling from they just want you know they just want the iron giant to be there they don't yeah. want they don't want why the iron giant should about be there, to or... say there i was about to bring up the iron giant as a perfect example i have yeah. not seen ready player one i do not want yeah. to see it i don't Same. care about it but the book it's one of those things was where they put the iron giant in there mm-hmm. and the imagery of the iron giant being in there is a massive weapon, mm-hmm. which is like the no antithetical. It's the, to an- what the- it's, yes. It's, what Very much are so. you doing? What are you doing? That is like the opposite. The literal point of the movie mm-hmm. was anti-gun. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, like, and it's like uh. <laughs> uh, uh, th- th- they don't care. It's mm-hmm. just there for cash grab, and that's literally it. And that's what yeah. makes crossovers bad. It's when mm-hmm. they don't consider the angles of a character being in a situation, and then they just shove them in a situation mm-hmm. with no thought to how the character would react to being in the situation. Oh, it just uh, it makes me lose my mind when it happens. Yeah, and I feel I think- like... Anyone who does a crossover of anything has to watch the Ninja Turtle crossovers where Ninja Turtles crosses over with Ninja Turtles. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> because that sort of gives you, like, the vibe of what you need to have in mind. Because, like, the 80s Ninja Turtles act like the 80s Ninja Turtles. And so the modern Ninja Turtles are always like, hey, like, what the fuck is wrong with these guys? <laughs> yeah. It's like, crossovers can be done well. Yeah. They've been done well. Mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo is done gotta... well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's like, I feel like Hanna-Barbera characters are, I guess two-dimensional enough that they don't have like crazy amount of depths where you have to consider yeah. like is this going against like the theme or the moral of the you know yeah. the movie or franchise this is pu- being pulled from they're just like fun dudes that you can just kind of like mash together and yeah. they are mashed together like pretty frequently yeah and successfully cartoons have been crossing over with each other since the beginning since mm. the beginning it's like it's- it's like the the bumpers for Cartoon Network. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you don't need a reason for there to be a city with every single Cartoon Network cartoon character. You can just put uh, Samurai Jack and Johnny Bravo in a laundromat and have it be done. <laughs> yeah. And the people will sure just accept like it and Johnny ship Johnny Bravo them. and Samurai Jack. Yeah. Yes. It's like you don't have to think too hard. But also think but about also, it. Respect the the source yeah. material. <laughs> yeah, like I don't think I there's anything wrong with what I know about what they were planning on doing with the Hanna Barbera characters in the in the Scoob thing when they were originally. Like from what I can tell, Grey yeah. Pape was just going to be a Hulk. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Like it it seemed like maybe it would have like a, a Hulk level of speech versus how in originally Grey Pape could just say Grey Pape. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that Grey Pape said is Grey Pape. um but like that's fine that that makes enough sense for the character it lets you have some dialogue lets you sort of cash in on like you know hulk stuff but like grape apes grape ape exists as big gorilla who's like just really big and that's fine that's all you need Mm -hmm. captain caveman is just is captain caveman (laughs) you got it yeah you made him a little bit more uh you know you didn't give him the caveman speech which is a good thing because Having Tracy bad. Morgan do that would have been pretty bad. Yeah, that's not a that's not a good angle. <laughs> that would have been pretty bad. Um, and like uh, Jabberjaw is a girl. That would have been fine too. There's yeah. literally no reason not to. Like Jabberjaw's character is that he's like a cowardly big shark that likes music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like I don't know. That that's something that can be applied to like all of the gender, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's actually they kept the uh, like. It's hard to tell because it's literally just the Jabberjaw design. But of course, because they were like, "Well, we're making Jabberjaw a girl," and like the concept arts, you see like the the characteristic female CGI cartoon uh. character uh, eyelashes, <laughs> uh, which they actually did keep for the credit sequence in this movie. Ah, really? Yeah. Uh, which is like. You know, you get to see, like, I feel like that credit sequence was just what it was going to be like for originally. I feel like they yeah. had that credit sequence done since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They probably, like, knocked that out of the way, like, early and was like, okay, we have that, all that. Because, like, you know, they did, you know, traditional, uh, uh, like, style, like, 2D-ish animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're like, okay, we got all the 2D out of the way. Now we can focus on the 3D. And then they were like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what's fun is that, like they also like kept all of the characters stylistically different in that like 2d segment mm-hmm. of, like because we see um uh the dad from johnny quest 
uh, and he looks like a Johnny Quest character. Yeah. Yeah. Versus like the the, the Scooby Doo characters. Yeah, I I really enjoy when different art styles are just put together in the same scene. Like mm-hmm. obviously some things it doesn't work. Like Jimmy Jimmy Neutron and Timmy Turner, obviously. Mm-hmm. Two different art styles that you can't really have in the same sequence. What are you telling me you're not a fan of the artistic direction of the Jimmy no, Timmy Power no, Hour? No, that was the thing. That was like the biggest crossover. And here's the thing, is that's actually from what I remember, granted I have not seen it in probably it's like not a, like a, a, a bad a crossover. It's like, not a bad crossover. It's, I mean, it's, it's not any worse than either two of the source material. Mm. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. It's go- It's great for what it is. Yeah. It, it's a little flimsy on the, from what I remember. Oh my god, I do not remember anything about the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour. Um, I remember it was Mr. Uh, the, Dr. Nefarious, or Professor Nefarious, or whatever his Holmes? name was. Uh, he's like the little ham- he, uh, he's got like, um, he's got big- head he's real short he's got that the, the that was jimmy he's from jimmy neutron villain. yeah 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 um i think a small considering Einstein. how jimmy neutron was one of the shows i watched as a kid i don't remember anything from it i don't remember what the bad guy thing going on from um on the on the fairy side was uh denzel crocker was it i don't think it would have been i think it had to be someone bigger than crocker was it bigger than crocker it might have been i don't remember the specifics Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has been eons since I have like actually thought about that crossover in particular. My my touchstone for crossovers is the uh, the Final Fantasy series crossover, Dissidia Final Fantasy, <laughs> where they're like, "Hey, it would be fun if like Cloud and Squall could just punch the shit out of each other." Okay. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read the uh, the the synopsis here. The 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 first the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour from 2004. From 2004. Yep, 2004. God. Uh, struggling with a science project, Timmy Turner wishes that he could be sent to the best laboratory in any universe. When his fairy godparents, Cosmo and Wanda, fulfill his wish, Timmy is sent to Retroville, the fictional universe of child prodigy Jimmy Neutron, who is sent to Dimsdale in Timmy's universe when he activates a magical transporter created by Cosmo and Wanda. As they attempt to return to their respective settings, the characters interact with various side characters of each other's universes, and Timmy becomes romantically involved with Jimmy's classmate, Cindy Vortex. But Timmy's meddling with Goddard, Jimmy's robotic dog, and the seizure of the magical transporter from Jimmy by Mr. Crocker, Timmy's fairy-obsessed teacher, both threaten each character's world in turn. So in the first one, uh, Dr. Nefarious is not involved. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It was Professor Calamitous. Calamitous. I had the name wrong. Hey, That's why didn't funny. two... Okay, so the first one happened in 2004, and then the second... like Both two and three happened Listen. in 2006, within Listen. six months of each other. Listen. It was like a huge thing. From what I remember. Also, I, I think I looked this up not too long ago. Where apparently it was just like, it was a big deal for like having two very popular Nickelodeon shows crossover like that. I don't think that had been done before. Um, not, not to that scale. I'm pretty especially sure. Especially not with like such a very distinct art styles. Yeah. Because like. 
I'm trying to remember when uh, Eliza Thornberry and the Rugrats crossed over. I think it was that would have been on. before that. I yeah, think. Before that? yeah, Rugrats was before. Yeah, but the Thornberries wasn't. I feel like it was uh, 2003. Uh, wow. But also, that was like a theatrical film, too. It was, mm. wasn't it? But also, you know, that's, a, that's literally the same like, art style. That's like, that's both Yeah, the, it's the very Kasupa. similar, similar art styles. Um, I loved the Wild Thornberries. Let me just Google Nickelodeon uh, crossovers. But yeah, so the fact that they had two movies following right uh, right next to each other is not surprising to me at all. I'm very curious of what their, um, the words that I'm looking for are related to, like, viewings. Okay, uh, I, I will, the very first uh, Nickelodeon crossover uh, happens in the sixth, sixth season of Rugrats. Uh, in which the monsters from Ah Real Monsters show up in like a little cameo. Huh. That's like kind of cute and low-key. Mm-hmm. It's like they're telling ghost stories and one of the ghost stories has Icus Crum and Oblina. <laughs> and then uh, there's like a another one and then there's Rugrats Go Wild and then there's the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour, Jimmy Timmy Power Hour 2, Jimmy Timmy Power Hour 3. And then uh, the next one after that is I Party with Victorious. <laughs> Oh God! Mm. Didn't that one take place on a boat? That was, I was a little too grown <laughs> at that point to be like super paying attention to Nick. I didn't watch any live action Nickelodeon shows ever. Okay, I was not interested in them. So apparently, one of their cartoons uh, has crossed over with Nickelodeon's guts. And I'm trying to figure out how. <laughs> I want to see that visually. Hmm. Appeared on uh, June 20th, 2016. According to Variety, the first special for uh, Jimmy Timmy Power Hour was seen by nearly 5 million viewers on its Nickelodeon premiere. Yeah, okay. Apparently this is just like an animated... Uh, these cartoons going through an animated version of Guts. Okay. I'm not sure if that counts as a crossover, but all right, I'll take it. Um. Oh God, Fairly On Parents did another crossover with a different show. Yep, they did. The Loud House crossed over with Legends of the Hidden Temple. What? Why are there so many cartoons that are just doing the the live action game shows? What's happening? <laughs> they also went on Double Dare. What? <laughs> Someone needs to stop them. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. That's that's enough talking about questionable yes. quality crossovers. Yes, crossovers can be done. Crossovers can, can be done, done well. Maybe they don't. Yeah. Bonus episode. Why going back to the answering that question about bonus episodes? We wish we had done. I feel like at some point I did mention do, us doing the the Ninja Turtle crossovers. Hmm. <laughs> There's also like okay. there's that first one I think crossed over was like the grim dark original turtles too. Yes, that included that I believe. All right. Um, so let's um. So is, let's talk about. Is there any uh, last minute things we need to talk about Scoob? Nah, not really. Cool, cool, cool. So Scoob is in, in a, is in a an interesting situation here. It when is we currently first already it, on our list. Yeah. 
Yes, when we first watched it, we did a preliminary rank. And we knew at the time that it wasn't going to be a permanent rank. But mm-hmm. we were like, we watched it, we talked about it, and I think it was a bonus episode. It was a bonus um, episode, shortly yes. after the movie was released. Yes, and then we were like, okay, it's this number. And then it, I think it's since been knocked down It had further. been knocked down a little bit further since then, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, at least by one spot, maybe, tw- maybe two. I think just the one. Because I think it might have been number three, and then it got knocked down to number yeah, four. Yeah, because Camp Scare came out Since a then. couple months later yeah. from, yeah. But, yeah. Okay, so, so it, used it to is be number currently four. number four. Yeah. That will change we, here today. I have a question, though. How do we rank it? Do we do going we're starting, from the middle? We're starting from the middle. All right, then. We're starting from the middle. All right. How does this movie compare to Big Top Scooby Doo? This is the one with the trained monkeys in the in the train after the after the first unmasking. I don't know. Uh, I, I'll say I like it a little bit more. Yeah. How does this movie compare to Legend of the Phantasaur? This is the one where uh, Scooby or not Scooby Shaggy fights in a bar full of bikers. Oh, yeah. there, there's a ghost dinosaur. There's two ghost dinosaurs. There's two oh. distinct ghost dinosaurs. I think this is the one where there was like a ancient thing underground, or a crystal underground. Something yeah, it was along a big. Cri- it was a big crystal that had a dinosaur trapped in it. Yeah, and seeing the big crystal made the main scientist go, mm, "I want to keep that for myself." And so she made a, a hologram of a yeah. big dinosaur. And I was very um, critical of that decision because that could have been a very big thing for the scientific community um but she is a villain but she is a villain um hmm this is a very tough one it is tough i i might want to say i like phantasaur more i actually do think i want to say phantasaur more because the thing about this movie it's not a scooby-doo movie <laughs> i you knew know? you were gonna say that uh, listen <laughs> i have very particular ways to think about these ranking systems i would have liked it more if it didn't even try to be a scooby-doo movie well yeah but yeah. But, but the thing is it kind of tried yeah so i have to judge it based off the fact that it kind of tried mm-hmm. it had fred velma and daphne trying to figure out what's happening with scooby and yeah. why Dick Dastardly wants Scooby. And Fred took a clue and presented it randomly at the end of the movie. He's like, here's that clue that we were talking about. And it's bad. Yeah. It's not good Scooby-Doo movie yeah, stuff. The, the way they like decided to edit in the, uh, the exposition now as opposed to doing it like they did originally, like in the one deleted scene. That yeah. deleted scene would have been so good because it sets up Dick Dastardly as a disguise. Like as a disguise yes. artist. It sets up the, um, the why he's going after Shaggy and Scooby. Something that doesn't get established for, like, a while. Yeah. As is. Um, it sets up what's going to come up at the end of the movie, too. With, like, the, the gate and all of that. Mm. It sets up motivations. And they deleted it. They deleted the scene. Yeah. God. I feel like... Yeah. It's not up there. Oh, I also have another negative point for this movie is that they ditched all of the regular voice actors for star-studded celebrity voice actors, which I feel like 
is yeah. a shitty thing to do. Especially, like, not telling, you know, um, what's his face? The usual Shaggy. Uh, Lillard and Great Alisle Griffin, I think, were the only two who had, like, were vocal about it. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I guess in some ways makes sense because Velma, Velma's voice has changed more often than those two. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Gina Rodriguez does a very good job, but the other two uh, don't get much of anything to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, Will Forte does a decent enough job. Um, yeah. But like, yeah. I just, Was seeing Will Forte Meth- Shaggy? Yeah. I will say of the two Shaggies that I've recently watched that weren't the original, uh, the current, you know, Shaggy Shaggy, his was better. Because mm. uh, the poor live action Shaggy that we just recently watched. I am blaming that solely on the sequel. It can't have been that bad in the first one. I don't remember it being that bad in the first one. I don't remember it being that bad in the first one either, but man, was it bad in the rest sequel. In peace, rest in peace, Nick, Nick Pilatus' uh, acting career. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I'm just like very burnt out on the whole like we are not gonna hire actual voice actors and instead we're gonna get celebrities yep, to do I the movie. That. It's, it's like that. I'm <sighs> I my biggest problem with it is that they don't take advantage of it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you have Zach Efron and at no point do I think, Oh yeah, that's Zach Efron. Oh, yeah, using like, good use of Zac Efron. Good job, Zac Efron. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They they have Zac Efron on the cast, and they don't really get to let him do like anything Fred really barely fun. Says words. Yeah. yeah, it's just like having names for the sake of having names. Yeah. I would have been fine. With, okay, here's the thing. I also would have been fine with them picking someone else for Fred because Frank Welker's still here, and Frank Welker's acting is questionable at the best of times. <laughs> uh so he's fine just being scooby yeah but like L- matthew lillard for example is also like an actual actor yeah 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 like scream is like really he's really good in scream Go- but also <laughs> you know they warner brothers animation is just like well lego batman did good and that was comedy let's have will forte do more comedy yeah it's like i get it you know but uh, anyways, uh, so let's see. One, two, three. How does this compare to the first live action? Or no, hold on. Let me let me let me hit you with a harder one. How does this movie compare to Sonic the Hedgehog twenty twenty? <laughs> hmm. Okay. Here's the thing. Sonic the Hedgehog twenty twenty is a good movie. However, it feels very cookie cutter. It is very cookie cutter. It is extremely cookie cutter, and that's not to say it's bad. It mm. lends itself well to the fact that they just want to tell a Sonic movie. Mm. But Shaggy Rogers goes to hell. Okay, but let me hit you with this. Scoob is not a cookie cutter movie uh, in its entirety, but the problem is that they had to try to scale it back into being one. And as yeah. a result, it doesn't even do that well. Yeah. yeah. That's a real good point. And Sonic the Hedgehog flosses. Like, come on. He does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> that's way more timely than Blue Falcon hitting the dab. Yeah, that's true. God. They should re- they should put that version of Blue Falcon in Fortnite. <laughs> I'm surprised that when Scoob came out, they didn't get any Scoob characters into Fortnite. Right! But they are putting all of the Scoob models into Space Jam, so... <laughs> 
There's that. I have opinions on Space Jam. We'll have to do a bonus episode on Space Jam. Yeah. In 2022 or whenever. Yeah, whenever. Um, how do we feel? Is this this movie better or worse than Sonic the Hedgehog? Huh. Uh, this is hard. I haven't rewatched Sonic the Hedgehog as the thing. I still Neither haven't I. seen it, so I can't act as a tiebreaker. Dang I'm sorry. It. What if I what if I go on Google? Or not Google, I go on Twitter. And I just <laughs> tweet the question from my personal account and we'll see if anybody answers it. Oh god. Okay, so I wanna th- I wanna propose something else. Uh-huh. If we say better or worse, what's the next question? Because if we say it's worse, then we have to compare it to Moon Monster Madness. Mm-hmm. If we say it's better, we compare it to Cyber Chase. See, this is a weird thing where I think it's better than Cyber Chase, but worse than Moon Monster Madness. <laughs> oh, no! I'm so oh. sorry, Moon Monster Madness. <laughs> Dang it, Cyber Chase, why did you have to be our second movie? I, I do think that when we're done, we're just going to have to go through and have to um, reevaluate this list a little. Based yeah. solely on our memories. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing. <laughs> How about, okay, I want to suggest worse. Because I agree with you about Moon Monster Madness. Uh-huh. Moon Monster Madness is such a good movie. It's very good. Yeah. Um, do we think it's better or worse than Stage Fright, the one full of phantoms of the opera? Oh, it's better. Okay. So we, we've nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Cyber Chase, why did you Oh have my to be god, I had predicted it. Oh my god, you did predict it! Uh, for the folks at home, I had copy or cut scoop out of the the list and just put it off into a cell to the ne- next to it, um, which happens to be exactly next to the cell that it is moving into now. Oh, oh my god! Dang, that's hysterical. Unknowing wow. brain genius. I'm still tweeting the question to see what other people think. Yes, please do. <laughs> Is Scoob a better Scooby-Doo movie than Sonic the Hedgehog 2020? Such a good question. It's the question of our age. <laughs> um. Okay, so Scoob, welcome yeah. to your new spot. Uh, where, how far down the, the list middle. are you now? The middle. We're at 38. So that would be at uh, number 17 on our list. Hmm. It, it, it's funny every every time i'm on i feel like the movie that i do ends up in like the dead middle of the list oh you're talking about scooby-doo monsters unleashed is in the top half for sure it's almost in the top quarter okay but music of the vampire and live action one were like dead middle when i was on yeah, yeah. They, they have moved down slightly but not actually by that much <laughs> they're right next to each other mm-hmm. <laughs> points at them those are my movies For the record, Scoob moved down 13 spaces. (laughs) Honestly? Aging like a bad wine. Yeah. I mean, mean, it's 
it I feel like it's it's an overripe right over like over fermented wine. It sat too yeah. long in production and therefore has a weird like vinegary taste now. Yeah, yeah. it was sweet when it first came out. And then it just got a and little too I- cloying. It's like uh, having a Mountain Dew. You taste it and you're like, mm, that's all right. And then you look at the nutritional facts and you're like, really? 159% of my daily value of sugar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like why whenever I drink soda now, it's like literally from takeout. So I don't have to see the nutritional value yeah. on the back. I also always get like the, the zero sugar ones, which I know are not actually good for you. But I feel better about the numbers on the label. Yeah. Yeah. That and, like, I have had, like, zero and diet stuff for so long that I have tricked my brain into liking it more than sugar full soda. Hey, no, I agree with you. (laughs) Zero sugar Baja Blast whips. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait for the 100 days of Baja to hit. Anyways, I guess it's time for plugs. Yes. Uh, Crash, why don't you hit us with the plugs? Yeah, I do a little show called RNGG. What? Um, Never heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> we, me and my co-host, um, my very good friend Cassidy, we roll on a table of terms and we randomly determine, we make a pit, or we randomly determine a, a video game pitch and then we talk about it for four to five minutes. It's a lot of fun. We are actually going to be celebrating our anniversary for that show uh next month so keep an eye on it it's gonna be cool gosh really yeah what yeah our our anniversary's in may that's wild yeah Um, especially when you consider i started it because of lockdown yeah it it it, it very much started as a like uh for me at least i need something to do because i am unemployed and i need to stay semi-productive during quarantine and then cassie and i came up with this idea and then we we did like a whole like game of the year at the end of like 2020 as like a recap of everything we did last year and then we're gonna have our one year anniversary coming up and our 50th episode is gonna be here before we know it it's it's a whole thing but i'm like really proud of it um it's like we we we, like I, i guess as an example like one of the episodes we did was fishing horror. So we had to like think of like, okay, how do you marry the concepts of like a horror video game, but like give it fishing mechanics? And I feel like like that one came out really good. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, what's my normal like big go-to one? That's like one of them, but there's another one that I always go to when I try to describe the concept of the show. That and I think uh, Fashion Soulsborne being... That okay. <laughs> <laughs> look at the list there, there is one from season one that i'm always like that's the that's the show there's the show right there for you um i mean there's cl- there's obviously just adventure a just dance experience mm-hmm. but that one doesn't have as funny of a prompt yeah we had a fun time doing a history mmo that one was really good that one's also a good like example of what we of our pitches Mm-hmm. Uh, that ended up coming out as a uh, an MMO that's more about the history of, of MMOs. In yeah, that, like there's a bunch of different you know like like parts of it that are like okay, this is this is about this uh, classic game that really revolutionized the space. Hmm. Um. But yeah, we're on 
well, Cassidy is looking for that. We're on Twitter at RNGGCast. And you can find the show uh, wherever podcasts can be found. Probably. I have no way of knowing that for sure. Yeah, look us up on iTunes or you can get the like direct feed from the Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just drop the RSS feed in like your podcatcher because your podcatcher should let you do that. And if they don't, then they're like scamming you somehow, probably. Yeah. Um, and I'm on Twitter at Crashing News 14. You can find me there talking about uh, stuff. I almost cursed again. I didn't. <laughs> You know, it's been a while since we did any cursing on this show. <laughs> I've, I have cussed twice. I uh, <laughs> Hey, for the folks at home, here's a fun fact about our first episode. There is a secret cuss that was left in the episode. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I do a cuss on that episode and forget to edit it. And then uh, there's also a bit later where we cuss like five times in a row. Uh, and I left, uh, I edited that in with the, the censors. And it was very funny. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Crash, would you like to plug anything that you're not involved with? Um, let's see. Uh, uh let me let me find a, a Twitch URL of my friend who has been trying to do more Twitch stuff. Oh, we got our first response on the question: Is Scoop better or worse than Sonic the Hedgehog 2020? Yes, they think that Scoop was better. Interesting. Hmm. Too late. It is too late, uh, and I also don't even listen to the show, but as someone whose right. like, opinion on that I would cons- take into account, like, just in general, mm-hmm. you know, just do a think about. Mm. Uh, so, a plug for something that I'm not involved with. Uh, I have a friend on, who is trying to stream a little bit more. Uh, he's Gemini Jack on Twitter. Gemini spelled with a J. He's a really chill dude, and he plays like MMOs and just like other fun, like games here and there. Should uh, check him out. Nice. I think yeah. he's the Gemini Jack on Twitter. The with two E's. Okay. Um, the show can be found on Twitter at Kids and Their Dog. And um, I guess I'll talk about this now on the main feed. The Patreon won't exist anymore soon. Um, yep. So don't... It, there, it's not going to be charging people for the month of May. Hopefully, if you at some... don't Just don't subscribe to it. It'll be fine. I'm going to drop all of the uh, audio that was on there somewhere else. Um, do we just... I personally uh, did not feel like we were doing a good job running it. I felt... Um, and the idea of having a source of, like um taxes already stressed me out in a weird way and patreon just like leveled that up a bit more plus there's mm-hmm. like another thing that we're planning on doing that i'm going to talk about in a little bit and that would just make it even more weird so it mm-hmm. just it best we came to the decision to just close it mm-hmm. uh thank you to all of our uh patrons who joined us uh throughout its run especially currently uh, Tanner, Tess. Thank you, Tanner. Thanks, Tess. Uh, Jenna, and Thanks, Charlie. Jenna. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> Got another response from former guest of the show, Jake. Oh. Uh, saying that he thinks Sonic is a little bit better of a movie, but no one went to Greek hell for their best friend in it. See? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right. You're right about that. It's hard. 
It's hard. It's a hard decision. It's a tough one. It's a real toughie. Um, and I think it's because we came in here a little upset about the movie to begin with. Yeah. Mm. I am glad, though, that we decided to re-actually watch it and review it like normal. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, we absolutely needed to have done that. The, the the fact of the matter is that initial recording and subsequent rating was literally that night that we watched it for the first time. <laughs> so I think we were a bit of, a bit of a, on a high note of that movie when we did it. Sorry, I, now I'm having making jokes in my Twitter mentions. Sonic's best friend wasn't even in the Sonic movie until the last 30 seconds, says another Twitter user, at Uncle Petunia. And to which I reply... Oh yeah, the Olive Garden <laughs> gift card. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, All right, what else do we have? Um. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say the other thing. Uh, all those uh, audio that was on the Patreon, I'm putting it up in a different feed, but because I don't want to edit it again to get rid of any cuss words, like when we talk about how um, Palpatine, Palpatine does a thing all the time. <laughs> Uh, I'm putting that up on what used to be the Hey, Let's Talk About It feed, but that's getting remodeled to be a greater feed for multiple podcasts. That's kind of what I want to treat it as from now on. Sort mm -hmm. of this like d dump zone for bonus stuff or like when we started RNGG, how we did like 10 episodes of that yeah. there first. Yeah, that was our trial run to be like, okay, we're serious about doing this. We're going to do this as a long form thing. It's going to need its own own like feed. But in the meantime, let's just use the Hey, hey Let's Talk About It feed. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's actually changing into being a greater feed for what is essentially a podcast network of just like shows that I've been working on. Um, and also, you know, other uh, shows if they want. I, I don't know. I, we haven't decided about anything like that. Um, but that's going to be uh, Digital Cryptids, at Digital Cryptids on Twitter, which used to be the Hey, Let's Talk About It feed. Um, I guess that's really all I have to say about it. Um, look forward to the stuff that happens with that. Uh, so if we mm -hmm. do any more Cat D bonus episodes, for example, those will probably mm -hmm. end up there. Yeah. Alrighty then. Uh, that, that makes, that's, that's it for that, I think. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's our personal plugs. Lava, would you like to plug anything? I uh, You can find me on Twitter at LavaBees, L-A-V-A-B-E-E-S. And you can find me on Twitter at MadLobotanist, that's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T. And you can find all of the podcasts that I do, such as RNGG, as previously mentioned, as well as all of the podcasts that I've guested on over on my website, which is madlobotanist.neocities.org, which is the same as my Twitter handle, .neocities.org. The list of podcasts that I've guested on is getting quite large. I have new shows that I need to add to it. Just a bit. Anyways. I think that's about it. Uh, next next week. <laughs> next month. We are doing... Um, I just now realized this. Uh, remember in our April Fool's Day episode when Tanner says that they were watching Lego Scooby-Doo Haunted Hollywood? Oh yeah. That's what we're watching next. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Uh, so we'll be watching a Lego Scooby-Doo movie next. I, I'm excited to find out how that gets handled. Yeah, very curious. I also think those are sh shorter. <laughs> Let me Google oh, nice. to see. Lego Scooby-Doo Haunted Hollywood. It's, oh no, it has a runtime of an hour and 15 minutes, so it is just the length of a regular Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> nice. 
Uh, any, anyways, um, and, uh, but until then, uh, they they would have gotten away with it too, if it weren't for us meddling kids. <laughs> Scooby Dooby Doo. Too careless. I know much. He's a go-go dog person. That's me, Dog Wonder. <laughs> Mission completion at eighty percent.